0: Joe, uh, you're on the spot right now. Oh, no. I've got a, uh, we've got a 15 second ad for Colgate. Uh, the script is, it's conversational. You're talking to your best friend. And uh, here, here here's the script. So it's very conversational, off the cuff, relatable. Uh, the, the script is this. It's, man, sometimes your teeth just stink. I wish I had something that would fix that. I want to hear your read. Joe's not a voice actor, by the way, so I'm really putting him on the spot here. I don't remember the script already. Do you remember it?
1: (laughs) I'm just going to make my own.
0: Great. Good. Improvise what I just said basically like what I said, and I want to hear your read off-the-cuff, relatable, conversational read for Colgate Spot, and action.
1: Hey, uh, best friend. Do you want your teeth to not smell like anything? Maybe you should try Colgate.
0: You know, honestly, if it was a quirky was guy who was really nervous about it, and he was what you know, he was nervous about telling this to his best friend. I would buy it. I would have, I would, I would have bought the insecurity, and that is a very unique read. That maybe is true to you. I don't know. I mean, I, I, <laughs> social anxiety is a real thing for people, so maybe, maybe that would be the reality of it.
1: I practiced that for twelve seconds in my head, and then. I was <laughs>
0: Also, the fact of me putting you on the spot to do that. Um, we ha- we wind up speaking with a magnificent guest, a magnetic guest. Um, I learned a lot of things during this interview. We talked with one of my agents at Stewart Talent, Jason Sasportis of the Stewart Talent Agency. He works in the commercial department. I've worked with him for uh, you know almost five years now in, in the New York City office and. We get into some amazing things. If you're an aspiring voice actor looking to get into the business or even if you've been doing this for a while looking to get an agent, we break down everything. How he finds his clients, how you can find him, the, the do's, the don'ts, by bi- coastal home studios, everything. everything. It's... it's Union, non-union, everything you could really hope for in a in a uh, conversation with a voiceover agent. We got to. I'm so glad he 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 graced us with his time today. Um, awesome do you feel? Do you think you could pursue a career as a voiceover now, having heard, uh, having done that conversation, Joe? Do you think?
1: I I don't know how to. I don't know what to say about that, but I do know that I know where to start after that conversation.
0: That. That's a good point, and I think that's exactly what we're trying to provide for people is the opportunity to have your ducks in a row and put your best foot forward and get access to these people and and start booking these bigger paying jobs, um, which can seem really daunting. And that's kind of the premise of this whole show is how can you start elevating your career to the next level, speaking with the people who are, are dealing with this stuff, you know? I mean, I... I remember before I was represented, it was nearly impossible to get uh, gigs that would pay over like $250 uh, per gig. And I know that sounds like a lot, but when you book that one job per month, if that, yeah. it's not really a career you can survive off of. So, um, working with an agent is a huge step in a voiceover's, uh, voice actor's career. Um, Want to make sure you're representing yourself uh, truthfully, honestly. Uh, we talk about even, uh, you know, being your authentic self and how that's really marketable. We get his insight on on those conversational reads like we just did is is what can you do to stand out among the enormous crowd of people sending in auditions? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anybody uh, can be a voice our, an actor nowadays, especially like, you know, we've got TikTok stars that are doing brand deals with these companies and, and they're booking that job. It's not, you know, the, un, the, the the unnamed or you know, the person you don't know behind a microphone just getting this job and they become the voice of a, of a product or brand. It's now they're looking to reach out to people in their followings to do these things. So you have to be that much more competitive in your reads and uh, having a good relationship with your agent is extremely important. So we talk a lot about that, how you can stay on good terms with your, your agent and all that stuff. Um,
1: so I want everyone who's listening right now to bet themselves $5.00 Whether or not you think a agent, as Jason, would Mm -hmm. say that cold calling is an acceptable way to get work. Mm. Now, answer now. You'll find out. Don't skip. I see you trying to look at the bar and skip. No, no, no. No. Do the bet. Then listen to the whole podcast. Just bet yourself, because you might be surprised at the answer.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like that, Jill. That's a good one. Don't use the YouTube markers, um, which hopefully we'll have for this episode. But uh, yeah, it's really fun. This is a really fun one, really informative. Stick around for the whole thing. You're going to learn a lot. Jason Sasportis, guys, points of experience. Everybody, this is Jason. And and gosh, to this day, Sasportis. (laughs) Am I right?
2: Sounds great when you say it. Yeah.
0: Yes? Sas-portus. Well, I didn't know if it was Sassport-ass
2: or Sassportus? You, you know, back you in the day a... when telemarketers were an issue, where you yeah. didn't pick up the landline and you didn't know who you were getting, uh, that was the dead giveaway is people struggled with that. So we, <laughs> we got s- uh, Sassportatus. Sassportatus. those ones. And it, it, uh. it was always a, the hesitation, too, in the voice. They like, Sassportatus. Then bombed. Yeah, Sorry, not well, exactly. Well,
0: everybody, we've got Jason Sassportis here. Uh, this is a voiceover talent agent for Stewart Talent. I have been I've had the pleasure it's probably been around four years or five years that uh you you and everybody at Stewart has represented me and it's been an absolute pleasure um i think you're one of the the best at what you do and it's it i really wanted to have you on the show so i'm I'm, we're all going to be very fortunate to to hear kind of your insight on the industry uh what what it's like for you to have the pleasure working with me uh that's all you want oh yeah terrific Ah, see, what are you
2: that's, doing? You're
0: doing? this yeah. is the exact reason i wanted you to have i have only people on who talk good about me so i can fill my yeah. ego to continue pursuing the life of an artist yeah. uh, but this is great so uh what for everybody who doesn't know you um i know obviously a little bit about you i i, I you know your history your, you've got your your bio you, you went to nyu we're both nyu alums but why don't you before all that start and and tell me about like where your uh your, your mind was at maybe in high school leading into college and how you got into, I believe it was screenwriting and acting, and then eventually that transitioned into uh, being a talent agent. So how did that all start? What's the inception of kind of that career yeah. trajectory? I
2: mean, it's it, it, my interest in acting started somewhere in elementary school um, where uh, I don't actually recall the moment that I decided, oh, I want to pursue this. I had a friend uh, in, in my class who was involved with community theater, mm. and uh, he had done couple of plays and he was, he was kind of cocky about the whole thing like he was you know he was it but he was just doing some um local community like musicals he got cast in yeah good roles but it was like you know small small potatoes he Thought it was potatoes <laughs> and i thought wow this is so cool this kid you know he's got scripts and 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 you know to to be uh cast in a thing and to perform like that uh it was just a, an interest you know and I, I was an introvert when i was really young I loved it. I love the arts. I love film and TV in particular, the visual medium. That was another thing is theater. I liked, but it was never the same thing for me. that film and TV was, Mm. um, um, and even today I've really gotten into photography, uh, which taps into that interest, you know, with framing, uh, Oh, absolutely. And, 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 um, you know, evoking some kind of mood or vibe just based on yeah. um, the angle of a shot. You know, um,
0: yeah, photography is great. I mean, I love doing it too. It's figuring out a way of telling an entire story in one frame. Yeah. is so it can be so powerful when it works. It's so like when it works, it is one of the most powerful things. A movie you've got ninety minutes to kind of <laughs> get your point across or invoke yeah. some sort of emotion. I love an an the image, scene. it's some like a
2: photographer that has you know like just certain certain shots are just you could hang on it for a moment and it's, it's yeah. and just like everything about it. But do you have like a, a fancy camera?
0: I have, I mean, I've got uh, a, 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 a GH five, uh Panasonic Lumix, and I've got what I'm using right now is my Sony a 600, but those are not, for, I, I mean the, the gh5 you can get away with still photography and it can come out great and i've got the lens adapters for it so i've got like a sigma 1835 if this right. language is making sense to anybody
2: you but, the sony you know. one i was looking at, at one of those models um yeah you uh you're like the real deal i mean <laughs> i've got a iphone 12 pro max hey that's a great camera that's it yeah <laughs> no, 13, well i'll tell you what. But, you know. They are—the
0: iPhones are—it's getting to the point right now where these things are so good, it almost makes no sense to ever— I never bring my camera with me because if I go on vacation or I want to go see something, like, this is going to get me nearly as close to the job as possible. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, that's that's my lens oh. right there. A Nice, uh— beautiful beautiful 18 to 35 lens that i probably did not pay nearly as much as for it as that because facebook marketplace is a yeah, dream
2: <laughs> that, It's amazing but that so you know iphone as great as the camera is cannot compare to any kind of zoom uh you know uh, having a lens like that where you, you, yeah. you, know, you get all the fine detail and so that that's my interest you know one day maybe uh, yeah but, down the you, line it's so easy carry around the iphone you whip it at two seconds point and click yeah. no having to spend time doing anything else you know so if you're like you're moving around all day it's just super simple it's yes and
0: it's for great for it. voiceover because you can do your auditions right from it too if you get an adapter for your for your microphone you can plug it right into your iphone it yeah. works like this these things are little uh you know magician toolboxes that we all get the luxury of that you didn't have not even oh, 10 years ago so to do half the things I and mean, we seriously we are yeah. um so but you you were you were going for screenwriting, acting. Yeah. You said no more of that. Screenwriting. Um, so from there, yeah. What where <laughs> where? where, where I, I believe you wound up in William Morris. That's where you started working first. So what what was the jump from screenwriter to working there?
2: When I was at, at you I started doing uh, some work study jobs. I worked in a, a chemistry lab. Uh, mm. This great guy. I did, did nothing. Chemistry was not a subject that I excelled at in any way. And, and I, I didn't uh, have much of any sciences in my NYU uh, program. <laughs> um, but so they needed someone to do like basic uh, office work, right? It was my first experience mm-hmm. working um, in an office. Um, I, I got addicted to coffee in an, the office setting, loved it. Uh, Great. I didn't mind the medial tasks, you know, I, I liked the structure of the whole thing. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, I had to run errands to get coffee and 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 cookies for the lab technicians. And every great, day I would set up the, you know so very basic, and yeah. I made no money, a little bit of money, <laughs> but nothing uh, nothing impressive. Um, yeah. but I liked it, you know. So I knew that I could do the office environment and be okay, and not not really struggle at least at that sure. point. Um, and so when I got out of college, you know, I had uh, screenplays in various. Forms that were not ready to be submitted. You know, I wasn't going to be uh, getting any kind of deal out of the gate that would help <laughs> me sustain a life. You know, there'd be a restaurant job or secretary somewhere. You know, kind of, kind of it. I walked out. It's a little uh, regret, and in hindsight, I wish I'd done it differently. Just for mm. uh, having more well-rounded skills in this this medium. Mm. Uh, I wish I double majored and, and had a, a film uh double major to go along with the dramatic writing to to Ah. the the camera work I mean nowadays it wasn't so much when I was in college but for sure now you know people are making their own work you know it's like you you do the whole thing and get it out there um instead of just pitching a screenplay to somebody and hoping they buy it you know yeah
0: Uh, I mean I experienced the same thing making my own work I mean I, same similar kind of regret where I, I went for an acting degree and I was like I was trial by fire many times like wasting a lot of um, money in a way not always my money but wasting money nonetheless where I, I was kind of making a lot of mistakes uh, in the filmmaking process because so I was like you know George Lucas could do it, right? George Lucas didn't go to film school. He's the, like, the notorious <laughs> one people, like, reference. Like, I was like, yeah, George Lucas could do it. I, You know, I can figure it out. And there's just so much. Uh, I really wish I would have would done that rather than just putting my eggs in an acting degree basket. Yeah. Which is a- a good question i want to bring up later but, but you've done we'll great i mean
2: you you learned the technical stuff with the camera obviously you know it's like you
0: well youtube is a great resource and everybody yeah. who's watching this on youtube it's it is truly a gift that you have and do not take it for granted because back in the day you had to go to the library and take out books i was still you know when i was in college you still had to do that stuff i don't know do they even have libraries anymore like in your i'm sure uh,
2: they are around i don't go on a... i actually have one across the street from me And I went Ah. once after a year living here. I'm like, I'll just walk inside.
0: (laughs) Like a uh, like an antique store almost. I'm
2: not uh, a very uh, disciplined reader, Mm. you know. And I I try to fit it in before bed sometimes, but I get very inconsistent. So I could sure. I was sitting on a 200-page book the majority of last year. What's your vice then? What's
0: your what's your uh, medium vice then? Your is it TV? Is it podcasts? What are you consuming?
2: I've been, over the pandemic, I went into the podcast rabbit hole, Mm. did not listen to anything. And then a friend of mine had started up a podcast and to support him, I wanted to listen to the things he was uh, putting out there. Yeah. Um, And then I started to search all the different podcasts, like, oh, well, this is an area I love, or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comedian stuff is great, you know. Oh, I love those, such, yeah. So much out there, in, interviews, uh, celebrities, I think are interesting to hear people's, their paths. They're so varied, yeah. you know, and it's amazing how much with performers, you know, celebrity performers in particular, It, it it's a lot of chance things lining up in a, a certain way. And there's a, you know, it's, it's the luck of the lottery game in a way yeah is wild you know when you look at some careers and then some that you know very talented people that didn't it just don't get those breaks because things didn't line up you know it's,
0: and you probably see it on your side more than anything it's just about you've probably got so many talented people on your roster yeah. and just it's about the right project the right person the right time they might be the most talented person you've got but it's just not the right opportunity in front of them
2: 100 percent. and you know with with voiceover in particular you know there's after a while there's only so many voice similar sounding voices that you can take on you know yeah so, like, we take this very seriously at Stewart. we have a nicely curated roster very focused uh, uh, uh relationship with our clients we don't want to have a gajillion people on there that we can't realistically you know keep busy because it's just so much so it's so keeping it more uh, viable and 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 uh, as a result, clients that we work with, I'm sure appreciate that because they don't feel like they're a number in this endless sea of, of uh, voices, but yeah, it's, I can't tell you how many people that I will pass on, you know, representing who sound great, but mm. I've got five to 10 of those voices already and they're working and they're, you know, it's so another that sounds so similar, it, it ends up being a pass, um, it, not a closed door. I, I don't know that I've ever closed the door on anyone. Um, you know, and like, it's just not going to work out. Don't, don't resubmit. Uh, mm. Cause roster situations change. And I say this, you know, uh, quite a bit, you know, come uh, keep me posted on what you're up to. If you got more updates, you know, it's possible down the road that there'll be a shift and, uh, you know, maybe a client, some clients will leave or age out of a category, that sort of thing. Mm. And it, it's happened, you know, I remember this one guy in particular, uh, I think I passed on him twice. And then the third time I signed him and he still was booking work. Like it ended up being a a good relationship, you know?
0: Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think that's a great, I mean, obviously there's a question I definitely would have gotten to in the sense of, I think a lot of people are curious about when there are so many people that are so similar to you, how do you, um, differentiate yourself or how do you stay honest to who you are yeah. and then find the right opportunity uh, with an agency, the right the right people. I feel like it's a, it's a dating game almost in a way where most people think, oh, I just need the first agent that's going to come my way or manager or whatever it is, and that's going to lead me to all these opportunities. But you kind of need that right combination of, okay, I'm the right person for this right agency right. that's going to be able to send me out for the things that I'm right for. Because um, I think, and I might be wrong, maybe you know more about this, but there probably are a lot of agencies that just will take anybody and they'll send everybody. And it's just like a huge, like throw as much on the wall as you can.
2: I mean, it's, there, there's that aspect to commercials that I I get it because you know, it's, it's, it is a numbers game and it's, you know, you can get such varied specs that and, and types of copy that, you know, one client who may be great just isn't hitting it in the way that another person will, or, Mm. or there's just a a distinct quality to a a particular voice that lands a job. You know that. You know who would have known? You know, there are a lot of times where the specs are asking for a certain thing, and uh, they end up booking the sound that is not that. Right, whether it's a different different gender or it's just clearly not the age bracket or even the timber and texture of the voice. Um, is not what they were describing, you know, so we, we, we want to keep an open mind when we're submitting on projects Give a good smattering sample, you know So they're not all the same type of voice and read and just to give good variety because sometimes it's the thing that they, they're they not expecting Yeah, They don't even know that they want that they end up uh, Booking uh, so
0: here's a great question then when you get so so you say you're, you're sending somebody out for uh, a spec and that, like for, for argument's sake it says uh, Sixty years old, gruff Sam Elliott type, right? And you send it to somebody who is not that. Do you find that a lot of your clients are trying, if they're not that, that's not what they are, trying to do that? Or are they are you in the agency making the conscious choice to say, I think that this person might do an interesting take on in, in the way that they are, do it that way rather than trying to emulate something that right. You're not gonna be right out of the gate. You know, your your natural tone and timber is not gonna match this the spec.
2: Yeah, that spec that you gave is is so specific, and it comes up. We get that uh, 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 Elliot, uh, Sam Elliott blank out. Yeah. for a second. Um, out in the woods. Of yeah, of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he's an iconic sound that is uniquely yeah. his, and he's so deep and, and got that twang, right. Um, so when we get something like that, it's a very specific vibe. We're going to go for talent that are in that range. Sure. Well, you know, varying levels of deepness to the voice and, and bass and right and growl. Mm-hmm. But a variety that live in that, that way neutrally, you know? Yeah. Um, to send it to someone that's a really light opposite sound, you know, that's very far from that, it, it's... Uh, because it's so specific, it, it tells us, you know, the agents that that they have a good idea of what they want. It's not a generalization here. Sure. We want to sort of get, honor that. So they're not cutting through all these submissions that are just, not right for what they're, yeah. they're asking. Um, but if it's a more generic spec and more often than not, it is, oh, we want, you know, thirties, forties or twenties to fifties sounding men, women, non-binary, open ethnicity. Um, uh, really conversational, uh, you know, a, a, a sense of humor, some sarcasm. You know, these are all really generic things that conceivably a big chunk of our roster could could get into. So then it's a matter. I'd imagine. Do they want the light voice or the medium pitch, smooth voice? Do they want the husky sound? You know, Um, and so that's when we want to give a real sampling. Um, And at the end of the day, for our clients, you know, we we want. Our clients to be owning their read, you know, like really uh, making their choices uh, about why they're saying each thing that they're saying in their audition, um, how they're going about it, and 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 give it, you know, it, that's it, laying it down and and see what happens, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, not trying to emulate the idea of a sound, you know, or like, oh, oh, so uh, Sam Elliott got to, I want to, um, you know, I, I got to be like Sam Elliott and to do that thing that Sam Elliott does. Yeah. Ultimately do your thing as you, you know, if you're getting it from me, it's because I think that you're, you live somewhere in that world. So,
0: yeah. So trust kind of what your instrument yeah. is, is good at rather than trying to uh, become something that you're not, so to speak. Cause I feel like, and I say this to a lot of people is that. You have a certain instrument that's very unique to you. Yeah. If everybody else is trying to emulate something, then you're all kind of kind of be in the same area, so to speak. Right. A version of some, but I think often for me when I make that choice, it's like I'm the most unique me. Nobody's gonna think to do it like Paul. Like I, I not <laughs> yet at least, you know. But so I feel like at least that's that flavor that they haven't seen yet. So yeah. I, I, that's a bold choice. And I so don't know. If, I, by doing
2: that, maybe one day you'll become the prototype.
0: Mm, yes, yes, yes. Yeah? You know? And then
2: so you see, like, I, I know that's happened before where I've gotten a, a. It's been a while, but I know it's happened where there's a commercial casting for something where they put one of my clients as the type of voice <laughs> that they have in mind for it. Non celebrity, mind you. Uh huh. Like well, you know, why don't we give you that person? <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 we can, could we could do a straight booking. Find the person. Like, well, what's the story there? Uh, <laughs> now I can't recall that happening and it leading to that person booking the job. But I know it's come up, and it was like, all right. Well, that's wow. Yeah, a shoe in, but.
0: Yeah, you can't. You got to compete against yourself nowadays. I guess is really what we're going yeah. towards.
2: <laughs> By the way, it totally like went off the the track. You had asked me earlier. Yeah, yeah. What brought me into agenting? Um, yeah. So let's
0: get so let's connect that dot first, and we can come circle back to this stuff.
2: Yeah. Sorry. So uh, just real quick, I, I wanted a stable job when I got out of college. I wanted to be in New York, um, have a paycheck coming in, but not any job that was had no correlation to what i wanted to be doing so Mm -hmm. i I, while doing the writing on my own made sense to learn the business of entertainment you know and and to get in as a networking point too to get in with an agency and meet agents and see how that works and just being informed about the other side of the table seemed like it could be a a, a value knowing how Mm. how that world operates you know in, in relation to the talent out there who are trying to market whatever it is that they do whatever their art is you know but one thing led to another william morris was the first job and that ended up leading the commercial voiceover which i loved i just didn't know about you know huh. about that people did that for a living or i'm sure i knew i hadn't thought hard about it the commercial world specifically and what was involved there um you know i, I love being able to work with clients uh, that came into the agency to record and give direction on copy and <laughs> that whole thing. So one thing,
0: how did to that, another. yeah. How did that door, what, what, what was the step that you took at that time to even get to William Morris? Did you like apply for an internship and you just got accepted? And no, was...
2: they had, I don't, it may be different now. Cause they've, you know, when Endeavor sort of took over and they had that whole merger, it's very different agency now. But, yeah. Uh, when I was there, they had a floater pool. It already changed. Cause back in the day, you had to go through the mail room that was the way right yeah uh, and at some point they started interviewing outside of the mailroom uh, position as well so you could just start as a floater which i don't know if other agencies use that term william morris did uh, to describe uh you know full-time help you know uh, that you either were assisting other assistants that work for agents or covering for assistants that were out So it was a great way to, to, you know, each day you'd report to HR and they'd say, oh, we need you to be, you know, in this department today or, or uh, this agent is out. So you're going to be sitting there. Could be just that day. Could be a few days. Some, you know, if it was a few days, they may have you training with the assistant leading up to their going away, that sort of thing. So there was always uh, coverage. My actually, one of my favorite floater assignments that William Morris was, I was the kitchen guy. Which uh, they had a, 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 I guess he was a chef, but he didn't really, he didn't make any actual food aside from fruit salad in the morning and huh. uh, and would get bagels and make coffee. So all, you know, he'd show up a couple hours early, get everything set in the kitchen. So anyone could go up and grab, you know, coffee, bagel, fruit salad. And then he, he also had to cater meetings, which meant, you know, going and, and, and ordering from places. And making sure that you know these meetings had food if they were being catered. So sure. I got to be that guy, and I learned how to make a really mean fruit salad. <laughs> I covered for it. I remember he was out for like a week, and I got to be in my own little room, this small kitchen in this, uh, in this office. Um, and it could do a lot of internet browsing, but also doing all the the, the food preparation. I go purchase the stuff and bring it. And I learned how to yeah. make fruit. Would, I mean, totally random
0: sure but now you have a mean fruit salad recipe yeah. that you can you can bring out on any family occasion I think
2: it's a little rusty now it's been probably 20 years but okay i got to cut watermelon in a way that i didn't before i i went to uh. anyway totally so if I I out. like, that to that. Little, like uh, uh that having that moment you know
0: yeah, and so then from there you're working at William Morris. At what point does that connection lead to your? Because you've been at Stewart for fifteen years, right now? Yeah, almost sixteen now. Sixteen years. So at what point from you working as the? What did you say? The they were a flyer. What were well, they so I was a
2: floater. The first floater. Couple years. I, you know, I worked for uh, a couple of different agents. Uh, one was let go. He was in the theater department. Then I, I was the second assistant for the chair of the theater department at one point. I don't even remember how that one ended, but it, it wasn't really the the right match for me. So I spent some time working for a couple of different agents and then back to the floater pool and would do that. Um, and it was about two years into my run, uh, that there was an opening in the commercial, uh, voiceover department, they needed someone to run their booth. It was getting, um, I think just to be a bit much for the assistants that were working Mm. for the agents there to have to be stepping away to record, which is what, what it was. So they got me in there and my primary responsibility was to do scheduling for the booth, to work with the talent, do like very, very basic editing of files. And, um, it grew to the point where I was able to start suggesting names, uh, doing a little talent scouting, uh, for projects. And, uh, so it was really cool. It was a great, great training ground. For, for the business. I was doing everything but negotiations mm. uh, and handling, you know, bookings and, and, and all of that. Uh, Essentially,
0: you were the booth director then. Oh, you, you were, yeah. Yeah, booth yeah. Director.
2: Um, mm. And I did that for a year and a half. Uh, and it, was, I mean, the position really developed around me. It was started, I didn't even have a name. I think I was NY Voices Booth was my email. <laughs> Simply.
0: But I, they couldn't give you one on the on the, the the email for the website. They couldn't give you one of those.
2: No. No. <laughs> it's all right. I actually don't remember if that even changed. You know, it may have stayed that way. But it became an official position, whereas they treated it like a temporary thing at first. And then it was just going really well, and clients were booking, and uh, had a great relationship with uh, with the talent they represented, who would come in. It was easy to communicate with, so. Um, the only reason I stopped doing that is because they ended up closing the scale division in the New York office, which they had done before. Um, uh, d- d- had the operation, then decided, "Nah, we're gonna stop doing that. And just focus on the celebrity." Money, uh. there's no comparison. So, I, you know, I, I think that was the uh, idea behind it. So I was sure. going to go back to work. I was going continue working in the commercial department, uh, but would very periodically be working in the booth because celebrities were either offer only many of them out in LA. Um, so it just, it wouldn't have taken up my days doing the auditions, you know? Sure. I was disappointed, but, um, it was fine. You know, So I, I still had work there and I, I just was ready to kind of move to the next thing. Yeah. Just, you know, I had my operate, you know, I was really in control of the whole package there, you know, it was my own boss in a way, you know? Um, a client of William Morris's was in Chicago for about a year prior to the scale division closing she was doing a show um, and she connected with Stuart Talent because she wanted to keep VO going and at that time you know it wasn't very few people were set up to record remote so you'd have to go into an agency so she needed someplace local you know I wasn't sending her auditions from New York Um, and that that's how I learned that Stuart Talent was looking for someone in the New York office they just huh. opened doors in '04. this was 2006 and uh, uh and we were just talking by chance she reached out because she was looking for some feedback on her demo and i mentioned by the way you know when you get back that they're closing the scale division so um that meant she wasn't she wouldn't have a, a place when she got back you know sure um and so she i still represent this person <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah, she books, and she's uh, uh, terrific. So uh,
0: so she hooked you up with the the office in Chicago, and you started working in Chicago, or you were working in New York for Stewart at that time? She
2: connected me with the owner of the uh, the New York office. So okay. it led to an interview. They were looking for someone to be in their New York voiceover division. And so there was nothing there. It was starting from scratch, which was sure wild, you know, intimidating. Uh, but I had a lot of support. The owner gave me, uh, you know, it uh, was very patient, you know, didn't expect overnight success, knew it would take a while to really build a thing. Uh, mm. and that was crucial in this working. It really yeah. was because if, if it was a, a different person who, who didn't have that understanding, you yeah. know, within a couple of months to be like, well, where's the money? You know, <laughs> <It's-> yeah. <laughs> I think it took a couple of months for my first client to be put on hold for something. And it was wow. a radio thing that would have paid very little. And uh, and then she was released. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember the the excitement, you know, like, oh, someone's on hold.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a win nonetheless. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, for, for people who don't know or, or are unfamiliar with the term, on hold means that you've done an audition and the, the producers are casting like you enough or they're deciding between a couple of other people and then they put you on hold to see if they're going to book you or somebody else if you're getting approval. Is that right on, yeah. on the terminology
2: there? Yeah, and being on hold is, is a really uh, positive sign. It, you know, It's a bummer when you get released, but knowing that you are a select in some way is, you know, considering the numbers that you're going up against, you know, it's fiercely competitive like most things in this business. Um, it's just a great sign, you know. And yeah. Sometimes... Even if you don't book a job, but you're a top contender, it can lead to other opportunity.
0: It just happens to me all the time. Happens to me all the time. (laughs) Uh, with. It, it, it happened to me very, very recently, um, uh, with something on camera. So it's, you know, I, oh, it happens in all. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, that's great, but it's, it, so it's, it's great when they, when they do bring you for something else, it's not great when you're, you're counting your money before you even book the job. Oh. That's when it's very disappointing.
2: <laughs> I had a talent, uh, who was looking for rep referral, uh, came into the agency, uh, this is years back and he, um, he asked me towards, he was very green, like really wasn't acclimated at all. Had acting background, but totally new to to VO. And he asked me at the end of our meeting, like, so how quickly can he expect to start making money? Uh, Because he was in a, 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 not a dire situation, but he he was struggling. Like he did not have much at his disposal. So he kind of needed it soon. And I, you know, I was, I was kind in my response, but I was also a little blunt in the, you know, you, you just, you got to be able to go into this and not make any money for a while. Yeah. You know, you just can't, there's no way to predict how it will go. You can book right out of the gate. You can start booking in a couple years, you know, and, and it can happen, you know, my yeah. interest is an agent. Um, obviously I love it when clients book um, and, and they're, they're bringing money into the agency, but, my interest is that, you know, your read is competitive, that you're, you, you've got great instincts, sharp commercial instincts. You know how to, um, uh, get into the copy, deliver it in your natural organic way, you know, with spontaneity and presence, personality, um, and take direction and, 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 and read, read all the instructions. And, and, and so it makes it a, a very easy process for submitting. You know mm-hmm. one you the know, one built in trust too because I know like oh Paul and I know this about you Paul like you send me an audition for a thing I don't have to listen to the whole thing to make sure you're in the right track you know maybe sure. for the first few seconds like yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's a, it's yeah who has the time in the day you know uh, it's it's a lot you know it, it is a bulk business in a lot of ways and I want to make sure you're included I know I send you something you're you're gonna give a competitive read. That's you. So yeah. So if you book it, great. If you don't, that happens. You know. Yeah. There's a lot of things outside of your control that uh, lead to booking or not booking. You know, all you can do is just own your read and and and, and stay up on your technique and that whole thing.
0: Keep showing up in a way is, yeah. is just kind of the motto of it. It's uh, it's a very, very much like you said, a numbers game to a degree. Uh, yeah. Gotta constantly keep putting your your best foot forward. Uh, before we hop off of the agent stuff and talk more about the acting stuff, which I have a ton of questions about. Sure. Um, for Stuart Talent, someone like you, The Office, anybody who's curious or pursuing a career as a voice agent, obviously very different than when you were pursuing it. Like you said, I don't know if there's any. I keep forgetting the term: flyers or or uh, floaters. Uh, floaters, floaters. I'm gonna remember this. Uh, I don't know if well, necessarily
2: in, in, in I believe in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know floater uh, floater is is uh, can i swear on this sure Uh, it's a piece of shit
0: yeah (laughs) for me it's the things i see in my eyes when i'm looking at the sun so uh yeah there there you go yeah
2: lots of things a floater can not very flattering but um yeah it's a floater uh which gives you are you're floating around the agency and, and yeah and dipping into different areas and uh, diversifying, you know.
0: Between that and and working, like you said, in the mailroom, which was obviously, I think, a, a very traditional way of, of ascending through the ranks to become an agent or an assistant first, and then becoming an agent yourself. What is what is the process, to your understanding, or specifically with Stewart, if somebody is interested in becoming an agent? What is the the process you see from your agency's perspective, yeah. or or how would you apply it to somebody to say this is the route? I would take or the things that I would pursue, because there's not really a, a a college degree in voice over agent. Correct.
2: Right. I never if I did not work at William Morris, you know, I would never have gone that track. Who knows what what direction that would have uh, led me in. I love the yeah. direction that this led me in, you know, and I was you sort of I was going for the ride. And when opportunity came up. I'd assessed and am like, oh, all right, well, let's try this. You know, and yeah. then it, I never, when I initially got into the agency business I, as an assistant, I did not think agent was my track. Huh. I did, you know, it was, I thought you had to go to business school and had needed to be great at math. And, you know, you have to have attention to detail for sure and be able to <laughs> do, do basic math, but it's not. Um, anyway, so, you know, I learned moving uh, forward, that there are actually a lot of um, failed actors who are agents or, or failed as in decided not to pursue it, you know?
0: Sure. Um, uh, well, there's an inherent interest in the business, I think. That's right. a lot, uh, why there's a connection probably.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, you know, the way things are now, I mean, you can get into an agency in different ways. If you're working at another talent agency and have developed a reputation and you've networked in that way, you know, we've hired agents that have a you know a roster of talent that they bring over and it's so they're already in the the universe and very successful so that's Mm. one one that's the that's not the track if you're just looking to get into agenting that you're gonna go you gotta like start somewhere typically as an intern or get into an assistant program or, or or find a job posting for an agent assistant for a specific desk you know uh, how agencies go about finding um, new assistance varies. You know, I know with Stuart Talent, we'll do a, a job posting. Um, there's various websites, Entertainment Careers is Mandy. There's I think there's some other Indeed. com. Mm. I think they use LinkedIn it
0: maybe or something.
2: LinkedIn is a great way to have your stuff out there. I don't know if we've posted jobs there, but I'm sure some companies do. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart Talent, I've seen, and you know, I've even had yeah, assistants working under me who get promoted to junior agent. Um, which at William Morris, they would have a, a department coordinator, was kind of like the junior agent um, uh-huh. when I was there. Um, didn't have an assistant, but was doing, uh, given certain accounts and able to start working in that capacity. Uh, um, sure. Stewart, we, you know we're always looking for assistance and I would imagine that most of the talent agencies are in that same situation where, you know, there's only so long that someone's going to be an assistant before they're moving on or switching departments. And then you need somebody else who gets it, who, who, uh, can, can excel at sharing the brain of an agent or agents, depending on how many people you're working for, um, and anticipate their needs and, and just be sharp with detail and, and, uh, and and really uh ultimately protecting the agent from mistakes happening or deadlines Mm. being missed or you know there's there's so much in a day uh that can go on keeping track of it all you know i i make plenty of mistakes you know yeah i'll sometimes move too faster than i should be to respond to a thing and i'm missing something in an email or uh I get a project and I forgot. Oh, our Chicago office sent the same one a few days ago. Didn't make the connection for some reason. and I'm sending a new list or it, you know. That's where mm-hmm. you need a, a really sharp assistant who's going to be like, oh, we already got this one or, or um, you know, it said the specs were not just male but also uh, you know female, and non-binary, uh, but you only gave a male list. Was that a, you know? Yeah. Was that a mistake. Probably was you know things like that.
0: Hey, voice actors, just wanted to take a quick second from this episode to let you know about an amazing opportunity we have for points of experience listeners. We've teamed up with voice123.com to get you all 15% off their premium membership starting with the 395 tier. Now they also offer a free membership where you can check it out and see what they're about. But with the paid memberships, you're going to get access to more auditions, you're going to get your auditions faster, you're going to get better support, you can upload more samples. All of that is going to be available with the paid memberships. I've used it before in my career, and I've curated my own client list that I've still worked with today. I started making money. It's also a great opportunity for you to take a portfolio of this paid work and present it to agents or managers and say, hey, look, I'm professional. I'm bookable. I've made money doing this, and here are the jobs that I did it on in TV, radio, commercial, video games, animation. They have it all at Voice123. So go to voice123.com slash plans slash POX, and you're going to get 15% Off their paid memberships, if you are a first-time premium package buyer or looking to upgrade into a higher tier that you've never purchased before, I promise you it's a great place to start working. So check it out and start booking today. That makes sense. Very different. uh, It sounds very traditional in the way you're saying it. Ascending still. It's it it, it seems working still from an assistant position is kind of the the way of getting towards an agent junior agent position at least, and then. Whether you jump from agency to agency or whatever has you, I know yeah. a lot of finding the right position for you. Um, and because there's so many, and this is a great segue here for this bit is you. You are the commercial agent. So for, and I, I'll ask you for your your definition of what that entails in a second. But for anyone who doesn't know or is just getting started in voiceover, there's promo. Animation, video game, interactive, radio, That's right? Is real, that so? Yeah, yeah. There's just many different categories of voiceover. Your, what is the bulk of what you're handling? What are the, the jobs? Is big brands is really what it comes down to, like TV stuff?
2: I I handle most of the uh, commercial voiceover projects. Uh, uh, a bunch of video game projects. I'll cover um, audio. A, client, a lot of clients do an audio book work. Um, you know and there, there's other things that come in outside of that industrial jobs uh, yeah. that come in which are you know don't pay a ton generally but it's it's tutorial educational uh, work um, and then I've got two two colleagues in the voiceover division covering the adult uh, roster uh-huh. um, and it's Jonathan Saul he's one of them he covers promo great guy trailer and narration yep he's terrific Uh, Marla Weber Green, also terrific. She um, animation is her uh, main area. She also handles our our influencer digital uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yes. It's uh, it's a little too hip for me, I think. Yeah, Yeah, like you know, having a followers on Instagram. I have an Instagram, but um, you know, like building building someone's profile as an influencer is a whole thing. And how
0: important is that just to just to pick it while we have it? How important, as far as you've seen, is having a social media following to the world of voiceover
2: uh, for voiceover specifically, I've not seen it uh be an important aspect it is there is a lot of commercial advertising that is coming out of that you know if you have a big following, you know advertisers will will want you to post something you know that's that's marketing their product because it'll be seen you know so yeah. it really is um a, a, a pioneer in that area you know it is 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 just the world continues to evolve uh, but there's still you know on my end uh there's a, just a ton of voiceover projects that are being cast on a day-to-day basis you know yeah there's yeah. periods where it quiets down for a bit but then at the drop of a Hat, you know, it's just you get slammed and it's coming from from every which way, you know, yeah. with, with tight deadlines. And, you know, it, it, that's something I've seen change over the years is is it's always, you know, as long as I've been in commercial, it's been a fast paced business, but it is yeah. really fast now.
0: And how and, and that's something I've been experiencing just as an actor on the side of it is w- when these auditions are coming in fast, how important is it for you to be getting your auditions back? Like, let's say you get an audition and you're saying today's yeah. what? Today's Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Great question. The aud- Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. <laughs> today's Tuesday. Let's say you've got an audition. It's due Friday. How important is it for you to have that audition earlier rather than sending it in an hour before on Friday?
2: It, it It's... Good, good uh, habit to get into not sitting on it, okay? So if something's due at the end of the week, if it's due Friday, that's that's a nice chunk of time. Usually it's due next day, if not the day after. So if it's due mm-hmm. Friday now, and, and there are projects that come up like that, um, you can wait till the end. You may not have any choice. You may have a crazy schedule. So that's totally understandable. Um, but there, you, know, you run the risk of a job booking before the deadline.
1: Mm. Uh,
2: I don't want to know how many times that has happened. I'm sure it's happened more than I would care. Right. Sure. Um, and every now and then you get an advertiser that's, you know, it's, that's a courtesy to say, you know, this submission uh, is now closed, you know, so they found what they want in advance of the deadline. A little frustrating, you know, yeah. I, I, when I first started as steward, I, I met, um, I was in Chicago training and working with the agents. there, just getting to know how they operate. And, uh, one of the agents used to work at Leo Burnett, big advertising agency, and their headquarters is, is in Chicago. Um and so we had a little meet and greet one morning. I got to talk to a bunch of different producers about how they receive auditions, you know, uh at the time Voice Bank was big. So Sure.
0: Where demos used to be listed of everybody.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it's hard it's still hard to believe that that is gone, you know. Uh yeah. And, and but what things evolve. Um or de-evolved depending on how you look at it but, <laughs> yeah but it's you know it's all right um so but what i got from the talking with different producers was they all have different methods you know uh, one of them actually liked to listen to every submission he may hear, hear someone he loved but what if i love even more the next person that was his yeah. mindset And I, I thought we like that you know um, yeah. you remember that initial person that you loved and doesn't get lost in the you know as time progresses and then it's just not fresh anymore. But, but thriller, I there's also the the first one I hear that I love, I book. Yeah.
0: that and, and In the it. film world, they call that like temp love in a way when you, you have something and it's the first thing you hear or you yeah. put like a scratch track to something and it's like, no, that's the thing I want. I've already – like it's the first initial version yeah. of hearing and it's hard to unhear it the way that you like it that way. I feel like if you don't get your stuff in early – you're you're competing against that idea of the the, the producer or, or somebody else saying, "Well, I really liked that thing, and now is it better than this thing?" So yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but does it hurt to I, get it in early?
2: I I, I, I do not think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, best rule of thumb: submit it as soon as you're able to, within reason. Um, it's a lot of auditioning, you know. If you're if you're really gaining traction in the voiceover world and and it can be frustrating too i'm sure when you're submitting and submitting and it goes into what feels like the black hole of submissions <laughs> you don't hold you don't book are you even hearing my thing what's going is on is
0: anybody even listening
2: yeah. yeah it's like this culture of recording from home which everyone yeah. is doing um it's very isolating and you don't have live direction i mean there's no booth director I mean, if, if we don't have it at Stewart. Uh, uh, you know, I would imagine a lot of agencies. You know, since the pandemic, you know, you don't really do that anymore. It's you send it to your clients who record from home. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's 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 for newer clients. I'll have a more active listening relationship with the files that they send in, making sure that things are sounding right. That they're 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 you know connecting the dots in in a way that's competitive. Um, yeah, you know, but, uh, you know, it's after a while, you know, it's a, if a clients really growing and getting it, they're not going to need that. You yeah. Know, they're, they're, we just need the opportunity and we're here, you know, at Stuart Talent, telling, we, we provide that in spades. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, Yeah, but it's hard to operate in that with like blinders on when you're at home, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's, you gotta enjoy the process as best you can um and and not have it overwhelm you if you're if the deadlines are, are driving you mad and you need to wait towards the end because you got all this other stuff going on you're not penalized for it but if you're yeah. missing deadlines then it's a problem or if you're <sighs> submitting past it there's some clients that like to submit like 20 minutes after the deadline like why <laughs> the end this is three days why are you in, Send it twenty minutes before the deadline. Why is that? Yeah, How yeah. How many times am I going to email this uh, casting person? Uh, more reads. They're going to have all these emails.
0: Yeah, and that's when you can get really lost in the sauce. I think oh, that's when the, yeah. the ether becomes it's much un- more unorganized and
2: yeah. Ugh. Hard too. It's you know just because I think someone may not be have the best read. Um, I once almost didn't submit someone. when I Was at William Morris? Um, who was really struggling with the copy. And I was like, hey, it, wasn't... it was okay what we ended up with, but I had some much stronger reads. I ended up including him anyway. Yeah. Of course, he booked it. No way. <laughs> so what's that lesson, huh? That lesson is, listen, you know, we all have our, our beliefs and what we think, you know, the things that we like and what, what we hear different things. So Mm -hmm. keep an open mind, right? Mm -hmm. If someone's like really not hitting the technique and is off the rails with it or the quality just sounds poor, that's one thing. Or if
0: you hear, wait, did I read that right? Left in the edit of the copy.
2: (laughs) I was telling someone else's story recently for a different podcast, uh, but uh, I submitted someone who had a a stumble in her copy read. And she screwed up how she delivered a number, but she leaned into it and turned it into kind of a little jokey thing, like made the sure carry on it. And she kept going with it and, and then fixed the line and, and picked it up I meant to edit that out. And, and, and so it was just a clean take. And I forgot that's why she booked it. Yeah. Went out in session, you know, later on that they thought it was hilarious how she, uh, handled that flub of a phone number. Huh? But if I was doing my job, she would not have got, theoretically, if that's true, she wouldn't have booked it. So,
0: It's so hard to make those choices as an actor where it's like, you can't manufacture no. like those type of things. But I think what I'm getting from what you're saying is own your authentic- authenticity in the moments yeah. and be as much of you as, as you can because time and time again the things that are off the cuff these and it was going to be my question is like i I keep seeing this i'm curious what your most common spec breakdown is but it's always conversational real person yeah you know like that's like the number one thing i always see it's like you're talking to your best friend that's like always the direction in the in the copy and Uh it's it's they're really looking for kind of almost like they are looking for flubs i feel like almost at this point is that are you seeing that
2: it, it's, uh, I, I think, with that read in particular, what what the appeal was was the sense of humor and the personality that this talent yeah. brought into the mistake. So it was a, an opportunity for her to sort of get off of the page for a moment and reveal some of how, just how she navigates things, you know. And, and, sure. And the, it was a personality note. It's very personality-driven. Oh. Uh, it There's still the idea that the copywriter writes, it's gold, Don't don't mess with it, but having spontaneity in the read, whatever, however that translates to you, the talent, just that natural in the moment essence, mm-hmm. um, you know, most of the times is, is really uh, going to help you land a gig. Uh, all of it depends on the project and the spec, of course, they're going for. So sure. there are more announcer respects out there too. But like you say, most of it's conversational, real person. They'll put this in the direction. Conversational, non-announcer yeah it's the same thing uh genuine okay conversational genuine uh real person it's like they're repeating themselves and just like really trying to hit you over the head with it to to get that read yeah all right we get it so let's try to (laughs) let's try to connect in that way and it's not easy
0: no 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 Uh, especially for trained actors i think uh you you and a lot of people came from radio previously, I'm sure you're familiar with, and yeah. that was like, that was the thing, the radio voice, and everything kind of yeah. sounded like this. So for maybe younger people, maybe you're seeing more of those fresh reads. I don't know.
2: It, it For sure, there's a lot of uh, just the comedy circuit is, is become a, a great resource for finding talent, those that uh, can navigate uh, through improv uh, because of the spontaneity. You Note, know, even though you're not improvising the commercial copy, the improviser gets just being in it in that yeah engaged and alive you know um, not sort of sitting on your laurels and going through the beats of a copy without really connecting with the ideas and i'm saying this with this emotional connection you know to, to communicate this to you paul because yeah. you need this <laughs> you and i we have a personal relationship it's, it's uh you know that's what the, these commercial reads are a lot of it is sound like when we hear the voiceover, like, "Oh, you're talking to me."
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Which okay. can be, like you said, very hard when you're saying language that, on oh. paper, sometimes is extremely salesy. It's like, when you wake up and you have a cramp in your stomach. Do you, what is the like? It's like, how do you make that sound as conversational? <laughs> you know what I mean? Within these yeah. confined, uh, these lines, it's hard. It, it hard. is,
2: and I would say, take heart anyone who's auditioning voiceover copy don't don't feel discouraged get a piece of copy and it just does not work it's so hard it could yeah. be simple you know like one liner but the the word combination just might not agree with you you know yeah and, and um I, I talk about this a lot of client uh I, it's back in the day actually um couldn't say philadelphia cream cheese <laughs> She couldn't she got hung up on uh, i think cream cheese something nasal was happening there Uh. just kept tripping up over it and no good this is the product you got to be able to hit that you know and if if, there's so many products out there though so don't if philadelphia cream cheese isn't your thing then you know cool whip or something what's a yeah cream cheese
0: Philadelphia Cool Whip, Cool cool Whip, like we'll we'll say Cool
2: Whip. Yeah,
0: kind of, kind of, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, Well, I mean, it's it's an extremely uh, these companies are constantly making uh, advertising one yeah. way or another so i feel like there'll never be a, a a lack of work in the commercial voiceover industry unless ai just starts to to take over and, and well, we, we we wind up losing our jobs but
2: <laughs> I, I mean it's a right it's an issue what, what's going on with ai and I, i've seen some of those projects come up and the, the yeah. union is working very hard to come up with language to protect talent in those situations which is great yeah that's the i think ultimately the answer there is is you know, of course, if they're not regulated in any way, and you know they're not going through the union, um, and they're 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 getting talent who aren't represented, who have don't know better, that's when it's it's really problematic. But yeah, um, it's being it's being figured out, and it's a process. Uh, but I don't, I'm not worried, like, oh, we're just suddenly not going to have opportunity because technology would have to change pretty pretty substantially in order for AI to emulate that kind of spontaneity and just that and that personality yeah you know? i think when that happens yeah.
0: then we have to worry about the the robots taking over the world so i think we're a little <laughs> bit you know if if, if it's, we're all going down if we get to that point uh yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: who knows if they'll, maybe they'll stop advertising altogether because machines will be rising
0: yeah, exactly. I, I want to make sure I get to some of these other points. Sorry, I I because sure. definitely things I want to uh, uh, just bring up here. I know people are going to be extremely curious about. In terms of uh finding new talent, cause something you know, especially people who you know follow me and a lot of listeners are going to be curious about. You know, I'm ready to find an agent. I'm, I I want to start working with an agent. When I started. So all about you had to have a commercial reel, you know, for commercial demo was the was your ticket to getting into an agency. And then from there, maybe you move to the other parts of the agency. Is that still kind of the thing that you're you're looking for? Is that kind of still your calling card as a voice actor? The most important piece of 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 resume you can have?
2: I'd say it's a calling card mm-hmm. okay? at the end of the day, whether it's your produced commercial demo that catches my attention or the fact that you've, you know, uh, workshopped with some casting directors that are competitive casting directors that I have relationships with or your referral or, or wherever you're coming from, or you have a link to one spot that you booked, which is great. That's a great way to like, hey, check this out. I just booked this thing. Here's a sample and you can hear that produced sound. All that is great. It will lead to me wanting to send you copy to hear your unproduced booth read you know what it sounds like from your home studio what without any music or anything uh, because commercial is very audition intensive there's a very small percentage of commercial jobs that book off of having a produced demo they usually want you to audition copy so i Mm -hmm. want to know that not only is your your produced demo sounding great but can you deliver without all the production going on there yeah That, that sound that unproduced um unpolished sound that's what's being submitted. That's what we'll book or not book. So, how are you? What is the
0: what is the way that you are finding aside from a casting director referral or a client referral? What are the ways, or maybe that these are the ways? What are the ways that you're finding talent, and what is what are the ways that you think that talent should be finding you?
2: Well, there's so we we get we find talent again through casting directors, through managers. Uh, they they may send someone our the uh, or legit division or. Film, TV, and theatrical agents uh, may have clients that are looking for traction um, or they met someone in a workshop or I met someone in a workshop, um, you know, over Zoom or in person where uh, the sound was interesting and and I really liked the the delivery. That can lead to a meeting. Um, there's, There's a lot of different tracks. Cold submissions, unsolicited emails are probably the most challenging way to get in. But if you, have, if you have a sample of something that, that showcases your sound and it's a, a sound that aligns with our roster needs, which is all in the timing, you know, with any agency yeah. you're submitting to, it really is. If you get in at the right moment, uh, that can ca- capture interest and lead to a, a meeting and then potentially rep. Um, so th- there's a lot of ways. I, I encourage anyone who's seriously looking for, for traction, not only to be workshopping on your own, practicing your read, uh, you know, periodic workshops with a reputable coach, ideally someone who's on the casting side mm. you know, uh, and there are uh, New York casting directors that teach cause you're, 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 you're networking there with industry who have access to auditions. So if they really love what you're doing, they, they may have something they send you direct or, or it helps with them wanting to refer you to an agent, which yeah. gets you to the front of the pack, um, yeah. So,
0: no, that's great advice, and I think a lot of people just kind of uh, networking is still a huge part of of the industry. And I think that the term gets gets muddy when people think I got to go to these parties and kind of like meet people. That way, it's like you're networking by being in the classes and 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 working with the people who are getting the jobs. I think that yeah. is, a, is a great piece of advice and kind of the, the number one way of expanding your. Uh, rolodex as yeah. it was once called um yeah. <laughs> right we're dating myself here that right. was where like names and numbers used to be in this thing and my parents had it
2: <laughs> right, there's someone who just told a random side note william morris she must be gone now And she was really old you know back when i worked there um but uh she uh, would call out to the agent she worked for i remember in her new york accent i was like phil i got so and so on the wire you actually called <laughs> it the wire. Still, oh my god!
0: <laughs> Gosh, wow. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, definitely. I, I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing here. <laughs> 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 yeah. So that's that's definitely we're we're dating ourselves there. But it, uh, uh, funny enough, um, I, I I want I want to move into because uh, uh, you you mentioned it before. You, a lot of talk with Chicago. Um yeah. Stewart has offices, Chicago, L.A. Boston, am I right? No, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta, East. Atlanta, sorry. Oh, right. um, so multiple different hubs, major city hubs. What is what is your relationship with these other offices? And are you sending out auditions to people from these other offices? Is that a, a gateway if somebody's working with a, an agency or, sorry, you know, Stewart or yeah. some other agency in that way to, to then transition to these other markets? Because I think a lot of people now with the pandemic – they're they're curious about their opportunities not being in the major cities. Sure. Are they competitive if they have a home studio or a closet that does just as good? Is that viable at this
2: time? You think? Hundred percent viable and competitive. That's what you want. You want to get a good home studio set up so you're you know represented or not represented to be able to submit yourself and be competitive. You got to have a good clean sound, no static, no echo, whatnot, and then you can be anywhere. Our agencies, um, were very collaborative age, uh, uh, relationship with the Chicago office with, with their huge voiceover division. Chicago is an ad agency hub, mm-hmm. um, and they have access to a lot of awesome opportunity there that they've been building since, I think, the early 80s. Um, so what will happen on a day-to-day basis, Chicago will be sending me projects to include on. I'll be sending them. We book each other's clients. Some clients are shared. Some are just repped by one, one office. But we're working on a lot of the same projects and, mm. and getting access to some additional ones that might not normally go outside of the Chicago market. Um, our LA office, uh, we don't have um, voiceover agents that are living in LA, but Marla and and you know Bonnie, of course, um, have uh, really worked the animation. Uh, contacts out there and and absolutely they've gone out there taken meetings Um, they have strong relationships with um, all the major animation players Um, and i work with commercial casting directors that are out in la so we haven't it could change at some point but just the the way things have unfolded la came after our new york office at a Mm -hmm. time when clients were already really recording from home a lot more yeah Um, so we haven't seen the need to have someone actually physically in the LA space for that end of it. So we're covering the LA market, but the agents are New York and Chicago for voice. Um, could change down the road, but you know, it's, that's another thing about Stuart that I love is that we sort of keeping our eye on growth at all times. And yeah. it seems to make sense. If things align in a way that that, that, that would be a, a, a another step we'd want to take and we do it you know yeah and i've
0: definitely seen those kind of inroads happening and and for for anybody who's new to this industry there's kind of the um it's notoriously been that la houses a lot of these big animation studios like the disney dreamworks Uh, most of that stuff's being done out of la where new york is more of a commercial promo radio hub the you know that's kind of always been the structure of the L.A. New York, I would imagine, uh, breakdown of where the projects mostly are. But I'm seeing, you know, from from you, you know, uh, specifically and and Stuart, getting a lot of those uh, animation gigs that are that you know where where they're they're look they're open to to recording right. remotely now at this time. If you're not uh, necessarily in L.A. because I'm I'm obviously in L.A. right now, but goes backwards the other way. I'm working exactly. with agencies in in New York who are open to working with me remotely. Um
2: you need agents that are connected that they've got the relationships. So, yeah, uh, it can get a little tricky if you are to, you know, have too much representation at different agencies where you're getting a lot of the same project or, you know, it's uh, it can create problems with those, you know, specific relationships.
0: Well, I think a lot of people too. There's certain people that have an agent in Boston, Oklahoma, Alabama. They have all these markets all over the place, and I imagine that that can get quite uh, complicated when you're when you're spread that thin uh, with right. all these different agents.
2: Yeah, and there's a loyalty thing too, and 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 trusting that your agent's going to get you a lot of opportunity, and and. Uh... You know, it it's it can work it can work well to have an LA agent and a uh, a New York agent. A lot of people do, um, and even to have a Chicago agent, um, even better if they're the same company. You know, sure. That, that's doing that, um, but you know, you got to look at like, well, who's really bringing me the opportunity here? If you've got a bunch of different agencies um, that are working with you, you know, wh- wh- where's the real? the best of all of that, if you can say that. Of course. That. And, uh, you know, because agents, you know, they want to get you on their projects, so if they're constantly like, nope, nope, got it elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After a while, then you do want to look at that. Well, so what, are you really getting uh, opportunity here that you're not getting elsewhere and is how competitive is that but
0: so that that's a good uh, what are what are some things obviously we talked about you know being on time and and it, what what are kind of the biggest traps you see with your clients that are red flags for for people that you're working with is there are there certain things that you're just like don't do this this is a, a no-no as an actor that I'm I'm working with you these are something I constantly see happening what would be the advice for someone like I I you know beware of this
2: it's, it's, you know, it's basic things. Of course, you want to be on time. If you have a scheduled audition, you know, some casting directors are doing these Zoom uh, auditions or, or or over the phone, they want to call you and, and, and give direction that way. So there's an appointment time. So being punctual with that, obviously with a session, you don't want to be late. And if something's going on, you're communicating, oh, you know, Source Connect is the standard right now for a lot of these at home sessions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I you know have some kind of delay, and I'll I'll be logging on shortly. Um, reading your emails, reading all the details, you know, so deadlines when a thing records, you know, you don't want to be submitting yourself on a project that you will not be able to make their record date. It can ah. create a big problem if you book the job, and then oh, wasn't communicated, and you can't make the change. It can really hurt a relationship. So just reading the email, following the submission instructions. If they want two takes, send two takes. Uh, If they want you to slate at the end instead of the top, okay, I'll slate at the end. for You know what I mean? Basic things. And and I would say, too, uh, if you're giving two takes, they shouldn't be exactly identical. Otherwise, what's the point? There's got to be some difference in there, a nuance something, you know, how you're just emphasizing a thing um, uh, to warrant having more than one take. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, I get the insecurity thing can come out of not booking or being new to an agency, but if uh, a talent that need a lot of hand holding and email big, it's, it's, you know, um, uh, concerned emails about not booking and all the things that, you know, you just want to watch out how often you're doing that. Not that you yeah. can't do it. You know, uh, we're very open communication at, at Stewart. I welcome clients to you know, uh, you know, let me know if they want to brainstorm on something or if they're you know whatever the thing is. You know, it's a healthy relationship, but there is a point where it's too much, and
1: mm-hmm. they're like
2: you know, you the insecurity is so so strong that it's creating a a, a hindrance there in the reads and in the uh, belief in self and and needing a lot of hand-holding and guidance, which ends up taking too much time at the end. Absolutely.
0: The uh, and, and so I guess on the flip side of that, what are things that talent can be doing um, to help you? Because I think a lot of actors, we often feel like there's only so much we can do outside of auditioning, you know, right. sending in the tape or waiting for the the audition. I feel like there's that that middle ground of life where it's like, what do I do to help you when I'm not auditioning? What are the things that you recommend to clients, aspiring voice actors, would have you to to help their agent to help you, um, yeah, get better or or help book jobs? What are things that people could be doing?
2: Well, it's it. There's. it can't say enough like the importance of just practicing. You know, don't don't have audition opportunity be your only source of working your craft. You know uh you know there's a lot of scripts you can access online or if you're represented you get access to projects that way play around with it you know really continue to engage with the reads that you're you're uh giving or able to give and 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 playing around with your range you know Mm -hmm. stretch stretch it in ways that you haven't take a comedy class you know uh or an improv class or something you know um and 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 sort of flex those muscles and and get comfortable with them if you're not, or, or some kind of acting class or, you know, anything voice related, um, you know, can help enhance your, what you bring to your copy. Sure. A new, uh, different way. Um, the networking angle continuing to, you know, if you know a casting director is doing a, like a pay to play thing where you get to show them your read, do those periodically it's great to you know potentially meet a new industry person who might think of you for a project or you know or or i might have a relationship with uh, Mm -hmm. and you meet them through that that uh, medium uh or venue um yeah so it's it's take caution with that you know like how much you're you're going out to these industry events because that all costs money Mm-hmm. You know, so periodically, I think, is a good thing, but you don't need to constantly be doing it, you know. Um, it's really at your discretion and what, yeah. how much you're able to invest at any given point. But a lot can be said for practicing. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, and it's just... It's just like any other career. You have to. You, you look at like a, a professional fighter, a professional athlete. They're they're constantly in the gym working out. Yeah. This career is no different. You have to be flexing your muscles so that way, when you get the audition that's due in one hour, you're you're ready for that opportunity.
2: Um, yeah. that's, so great. And, and listening to what's out there, what's you know actually on the air. You know, or go to online. There's a site, iSpot TV. It's database mm-hmm. commercials go to youtube i put in the year with the commercial search just so you're getting something current because reads change over time that's another reason why practicing is so important is just staying fresh and in the know with what's out there and how it relates to your read and how you deliver uh your copy read you know just to say you don't want to get rusty because you're waiting around
0: absolutely last Uh, question here before we move to we have a we have a question that we we ask from um our fans and on social media. So we'll have a question, but right before we get on that, I want to talk about the, um, The difference that you're maybe seeing, because it's a big question for for actors, it it, it always comes up, union versus non-union. Where are you seeing the bulk of work at this point? And people are always concerned, when should I join the union? Um, You know, FICOR is obviously a thing that exists where you can work on union jobs and and still do non-union. What are you seeing right now in terms of a majority of the commercial work, specifically, uh, is it mostly falling non-union? Is it a lot of uh, union stuff? Where 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 are you seeing things fall right now? You know,
2: non-union has grown over the years uh, for sure, but there's still it's hard to say percentages. But day to day, I'm working union, plenty of union, um, and there's a good share of non-union. You know, there there's still more union than non, but there there's a lot of both mm. out there. And non-union, you know, we're, we're selective with, you know, it's got to be a competitive rate. And and they have gotten more competitive mm-hmm. in that, that change over the years. SAG-AFTRA has, is in an effort to win more uh, business, union business back, has offered different rate scenarios that can, can help those that are operating with a lower budget. You know, so there's been you know, there's less difference, but disparity between the two than there once was. Yeah. Um, But I'm, as an agent, I'm seeing a lot on both ends of it. Uh, My advice to anybody, if you're non-union, join the union when you absolutely have to. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because, especially if you're not represented, you don't, can't get access really to union commercial voiceover projects unless you have an agent. So then you only have non-union at your disposal. So why you know if you happen to book something that makes you a, a, a SAG after eligible, wait until you are a must join because you still want to be able to audition without still admission. do both There's non union right yeah and then so come the day you join the union um, if give the union a shot is my suggestion the uh, going fly core is a very personal choice um, and that's what I tell talent you know it's you got to look at your situation and. You know, what if you're just not getting the traction in the union world and you've given it a fair shot, then look at FICOR. But it's, uh, it ultimately undermines what the union is doing, and I think it's important to do what you can to support. You know, especially uh, when you become a member. It's expensive to join.
0: Yes. Very expensive. Like $3,000, so, I think, in the major cities.
2: Yeah. you're So no reason, if you're eligible but not a must join, you, by running out and joining, you're not doing anything for yourself. Yeah. Uh, other than... than not getting interest on that money that was sitting in your account anymore. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I believe there is a
0: payment plan. So, you know, when that time does come, I think people, you have that option. I think that's the way
2: around. And have a conversation with the SAG office when you're at that point, you know. And it's when you do get to become a must-join, hopefully you book something that's a residual job. Hey. going to run a lot and we'll pay back and then some, you know. Not always that way, but it's uh, definitely... You can do really well with the union union work yes uh, it, it's, it's it's there to
0: look out for people and to to yeah. create those uh, like you said residual opportunities that i think most non-union yeah. is non-existent they're pretty much buyout correct
2: uh yeah I, well the buyouts with terms though you know they, mm-hmm. they try to do it in perpetuity but we'll we don't agree to that we'll put a cap on it yeah 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 want to keep using it they have to renegotiate that kind of thing
0: absolutely um Well, uh, Jason, this has been such a phenomenal uh, uh, learning experience and and so good for us to finally get to sit down and get to know each other after all this time. It's been Uh, a little bit. It has been a little bit, but that just goes to show you the success of of working remotely and how you you don't need to be going into an office and recording with the booth director. You have to be able to exist and have trust between your agent and your client, I think.
2: It's a very health-safe. Uh, oriented that you know I can't get any diseases <laughs> that
0: too yeah that's the added benefit yeah uh, Joe why don't we bring up our question right now that we've got and then we'll let Jason get out of here huh
1: yep so our question for today from Erica L from New York City uh, hi, Erica. Erica. says hi Jason I've heard that some agencies have limits on their rosters or don't want to have conflicts in regards to type with their current clients what would be the best way to approach the correct agent at an agency, or know if they have room for my type? Is cold email still taboo, or are there notices about agencies being open for submissions?
2: It's it, I would you know first identify the agencies that you're looking to submit to that have voiceover divisions, and get what any information you can on how they take submissions. You know I'd go to their websites first to try to find that information. Um, At Stewart Talent, cold submissions are uh, a common part of the business, they're welcome, they sometimes lead to uh, meetings. Um, That interest of, you know, whether you're the right type for a roster, uh, like I was saying earlier, it's very time, you know, things lining up at the right time, you know. (laughs) There's no way to know, and you won't have that information until you connect with someone at an agency who tells you, you know, we have your type covered already. Uh, or, oh, this very, uh, you know, like your sound, would you try reading copy from your home setup or whatever it is. Or maybe they, they take a meeting right out of the gate because they like whatever you sent. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it varies depending on the agency. Um, and it really takes a, a perseverance, uh, you know, you periodically to stay up with your con- your industry contacts that you're reaching out to. Um, and developing relationships in that way, you know. If, if an agent responds in an abrupt way, or it seems like they're just not, not really leaving the door open for, for more correspondence. Well, there's a lot of other fish in the pool, you know, I I don't close the door in that respect because things do change, you know? Um, And I'm sure I'm not the only agent out there that says that, you know? (laughs) Um, So it's just sort of amassing your, your, your list of contacts of places you're reaching out to, knowing your game and what you have to offer. So you really feel representation ready and then you know just being out there <laughs> continuing to network um and uh update when you've got updates to share.
0: Mm, very well said and it's like you were you were saying earlier is that uh y- you have to just kind of get into the system and and be uh persistent and ready uh y- yeah. you have that that spot that you recorded that is really good um you're not you know recording something on your iphone with the dog barking in the background and that's your submission to an agency yeah, yeah, i don't advise that i don't think you would either
2: yeah well if it's a prurina thing maybe <laughs> it's like you know it's it's part of the and the dog has personality it's very yeah very you know. yeah, avant-garde so, really they don't want any animal sounds
0: yeah um, yeah that's a, it's, it's, with home recording, I mean, I've got cats and quite frankly, that is sometimes a complication. They're literally <laughs> killing each other in the, the room next door and I'm trying to record auditions and, you know, well, so. I would
2: love to hear that in your reads. Actually,
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That'll be the book. If I, I, I promise you, if I ever get a meow, meow mix, uh, uh, commercial yeah. from you, I will keep that in the, in the, in the edit.
2: Yeah. or Just kind of get put together a reel specific uh, cat uh, reel, a cat like, reel yeah, for just, them. Yeah, Keep them and, and, and edit them together. I think it will be great.
0: They'll make more money than me, I bet. In this, uh, you know, it's gonna enhance. Media world.
2: <laughs> well, Jason, this right. has
0: been uh, an absolute pleasure. So much information. People are are asking me these questions all the time. I think they're really gonna get an understanding of what it's like to work with an agent. Um, what you do, what they can do for you, and and all of the 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 world of of. of being competitive in voiceover, so um, I really, really appreciate this. I know our listeners will. Um, is there, is there, is there one lasting thing, one line of advice, or whatever it might be, to an aspiring voice actor? What, what, what would that information be?
2: Just make sure that you're having fun with the process. Life's too short, right? It, hey. it, it's it maybe cheesy, but. It, when it stops being fun and you start feeling resentful of maybe not booking or you know when things are not going the way that you want, it it's it's just not worth it. Take a break. Come back to it when you're feeling rejuvenated and ready to to go at it again and uh, just staying connected with your your love and passion for this thing that you're you're embarking on. because you know the rewards of that can be so great. Uh, but the time that it takes, there's no there's no map of that, you know, mm. there's no consistent track. It's whatever it is. So
0: well said. Well said. That's Jason Sassportis, everybody, the voiceover commercial talent agent at Stewart Talent. Uh thank you so much for for doing this. And uh I I, I guarantee you we're gonna be having uh the thank you letters coming in 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 letters. mass. Letters. Yeah, letters. letters. Oh, so I hope. I mean I, I you know that's what that's where we're spying. We gotta get back to the yeah to the old school. Use the paper. Uh, yeah (laughs) right on thank you so much jason i really appreciate it
2: thank you paul thank you everybody
0: so what do you think joe you ready to get into voiceover are you ready to submit your uh your audition tape to uh stewart talent
1: he should have not told the entire world all that good stuff like that's (laughs) it's kind of concerning what a cool guy i mean like a lot of information to yeah. test here.
0: I feel like that's the crazy thing is, I mean, we, we, we tried to... I tried my best to get as much information um, in, a, in a short period of time, and I feel like we covered... A lot. I mean, there's probably a ton more we could have, we could have gotten into. You know, like uh, I, I, wanted to ask him. It was kind of similar along the lines of like the things you shouldn't do as a client. I wanted to ask him like, what's gonna get you dropped? Like, what's the furthest line you can cross where they're like, all right, we can't work together anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably not showing up to a studio with a samurai sword would be one, if I could guess.
0: Unless you're getting it signed by Randy Jackson, because. Well- that's yeah. a once in a lifetime opportunity, right?
1: That's a pretty specific insinuation that you need to <laughs> like make sure it was in place before. Do you, you get
0: know? that reference, or or, or or do you not know that reference? I hope people here will get I, that see, reference. I
1: thought I got it. Now that you said um, that, now I'm like, wait, do I not? Get that's it? from Step Brothers, dude. That's when he's, oh, he he yeah, says. What I thought.
0: Okay, good. I just want to make sure. I didn't want. I, I'm. I'm hope we're. I hope we're not at a point where Step Brothers is no longer like a quotable. Um, it's like uh, a, a movie. Yeah.
1: It's like a, one of those like, hey, cool kids, how you doing? We've got the skateboard, you know? Yeah, you yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's there yet. Maybe in a well, few funny.
0: Days. Funny enough, I saw um, in LA somewhere driving towards Palm Desert, there's a, a a billboard and it's two guys. I thought it was I thought it was a step brothers sequel billboard. Right. I thought it was like but it was like an it was like an accountant thing like where it was like two accountants that were like so on and so and using literally the same poster like where they're sitting on top of uh like right next to each other, someone's got their arm the same outfit. I was like oh. that's brilliant advertising for me and I I'm the person who needs an accountant. So that's why that would work. So
1: Perfect timing of the billboard too. So yeah, yeah, it was. It, they, they right know. near tax season too. They, they know yeah. exactly oh.
0: who they're, who they're to- Yeah, but that's and that's that's kind of uh, leads you to this, and we we talked about it a little bit in the interview. Is that. You know, there's no schooling that really gives you the information on, like, how to apply to agents or any any of those things. The same way, you know, with taxes was really how you are supposed to just, you know, graduate from school, get a career, and then figure out how to do your taxes. Like, here, here's a piece of advice. And, Joe, you probably got more tax-related wisdom as we are approaching, or whenever you hear this, we're approaching the tax deadline very quickly. Um, save your receipts maybe use an app that's what i've started doing if you're an actor because like you can write off a lot, of stuff. a lot of stuff and um you know it can be uh it can be tough some some years as as an actor you get ups and downs and uh definitely save those uh, te- uh electronic receipts cuz you can write those off do you deal with that you ever you ever Any,
1: you, yeah anything you can really like there, there's kind of a silver lining but anything that pertains to helping you do you know run your business so mm. it could be anything taking out a client to lunch or buying a microphone stand or yep. buying a microphone like from maybe from neat, neat microphones know exactly, you know like <laughs> just anything that helps you um save the receipts for sure
0: yeah that's i, I i've learned that that the hard way and um you know uh <laughs> Being, oh, wait, being,
1: but don't show up and dump nine thousand receipts onto the accountant's desk. Oh, he'll <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to organize them, maybe in an Excel sheet, or you know, if you don't want to touch any of that, have someone do that for you before you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: J- All the j- j- that... That
1: are listening or like, you know what? Thank God he said that because I was so mad. Right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Justice for accountants—that's what we need yeah. to, to to advertise here for for all these people. I mean, truly, it's a it's it, it's a hard thing to deal with, and that's what we should have. We should have a um, we should have somebody. I mean, d- does your stuff specialize in talent? I mean, I'm sure there's different like agreements and stuff, or like forms and stuff for actors specifically. But we'll, we should talk about doing an episode that that focuses on freelancer accounting because it's such a huge part of life that. Um, I think it would be a really good episode. Uh, oh, hmm. yeah, for sure. Yes, there's so yes. much
1: that goes into it. Um there's different rules for everything. Just just about everything. So
0: Yeah. Well, Jason Sassbordis, what a what a great and generous guy. Yeah. Um yeah. He he uh, he's good at what he does. He's so good at what he does, and uh, how cool to know that they're down with cold submissions so like he was saying if you're at that point in your career where you're looking to uh get get an agent representation you know make sure you're putting your best foot forward because a first impression usually means something not to say that he won't listen to your stuff again or any other agent won't but you know there if you feel that you're ready to send a compelling email that has a good gig that you've booked or a good reel or whatever it is good auditions however you're going to put your best foot forward maybe it's a combination of those things the good reel with also an unedited uh, clip that shows how your audition reads are going to be. You know, kind of give them everything possible that you can without, you know, creating an, a, a diary entry uh, email that they can never, you know, finish. Because I think that they'll close that email right away. Uh, short and sweet. Concise. You know, Listen, be... Uh,
1: the people that were here got a treat. You know, if you're an aspiring voice actor or you just got so much knowledge, so much, like, so many pointers... Just, yeah. And you know, we have And
0: it was free. This was a free experience.
1: For now, I mean, Bleep. you know. <laughs> Listen.
0: Well, yeah, 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 we might we might pull the rug <laughs> no, out from under you. But that just goes to that's a great uh segue for us, you know, we have a we have a Patreon that we're going to be releasing very shortly where you can support us and uh contribute to the show, help us uh, you know, keep elevating this thing to the to the next level, you know, we're trying to level up your experience and your knowledge. You can help elevate this production. We can have cooler guests eventually, you, you know, uh, incorporate new things. Uh, uh, make sure that we have the freedom to to continue making these episodes and doing all the fun stuff that you guys want to see. So, um, For those
1: that are also wondering, hold on. Uh uh-huh. People are probably like, well, you know, Joe doesn't really do anything or say anything. I'm I'm gonna, okay. We're gonna bring on some <laughs> video game people and Paul. You know, it's Paul's boy stuff, but it, you know.
0: It'll this is my domain but wait till i hand the reins over <laughs> then he's gonna run wild he's gonna you know, run free people
1: are probably, who is that guy he just says stuff for a few minutes at the end no no, no i have stuff to say
0: well in I the beginning I... too they have to hear you in the beginning too well, you know yeah. if they if they if they choose not to skip which we hope you don't
1: yes i can you know
0: yeah, we do have some. Gr- we have some people who are going to be pro gamers coming on the show. Uh, game composers. We're going to be the, the the streaming elements. So you know, a lot of people are interested in voiceover at voice acting anime. Also interested in Twitch and all that stuff. So we're going to be having guests on like that too. And if you have, here's your next great. Uh, next, the next the segues are lining themselves up. It's just brilliant. If you have a question that you would like to ask, email. Uh, info at points com. we'll be announcing guests as they come around but if you have general questions in terms of voice acting, voiceover, acting, uh, a- any facet of the entertainment video game industry, feel free to send those questions in and you can also send a video question in that we will feature on the show no longer than 30 seconds, please. Um, How cool and also is you that? can send in uh, cool, say again this is so cool. It is so cool, and it's so cool. I mean, and you can you can have your video on the show, no longer than thirty seconds, but you can you can actually ask uh, maybe some of your idols uh, video screen to video screen, uh, you know, uh, your dying questions. So, and also, and send in your your ideas for guests if you'd like for us to have someone on. Please let us know. And uh, am I forgetting anything else here, Joe? Is this are we have we come to a nice Only conclusion?
1: A live guests, uh, by the way. No dead people or...
0: Yes, they must stuff. be accessible. Must we be. we do not have the funds yet until the Patreon goes live <laughs> to hire a medium. And then we are very <laughs> open to exploring that possibility. That's Maybe, it. Joe, this is the episode right here. <laughs> this is the episode we have to do. Ready for this? We're going to get a medium to do an interview with Mel Blank. The evi- the, okay. the, the original voice of, of Bugs Bunny and you know uh, Daffy Duck, all that stuff. We're going to do an interview with Mel.
1: Listen... That would Patreon, be groundbreaking. Uh, let's see how the Patreon goes, you know?
0: Right? John Edwards is one of those guys, right? He's a, a, he's a medium. Or, like, there's another young guy who had a TV show. That would be a killer freaking episode. I agree. It would kill. And imagine the medium started doing the voice of Bugs Bunny. <laughs> then I would really believe that shit. Gosh. All right. on that note thank y'all for sticking around please follow like and subscribe on all the social media platforms you can listen to us on spotify youtube uh google podcasts apple podcasts and anywhere you can type the word podcast uh we appreciate your support stay tuned for the next episode
1: hey everyone thanks for listening to the points of experience podcast this episode was hosted by paul castro jr engineered by joe scali Edited by Keith Necu Lawson, produced by Simmy Derg, and brought to you by Neat Microphones and Turtle Beach.